Hello and welcome to Millennial Money Mindset. If you want the fruits, you need the roots. So this is season two of the podcast. So thank you for everyone who's listened so far. And if you haven't listened to season one, then please check it out. We've got um, five tips for people how to make better decisions with your money. We've got five mistakes uh, investors make. And we've talked about mental health and whole. We've got investor of the year 2018. So check that out. Please like, subscribe and tell one person about this podcast. Today we've got James Courtney who's the founder of Lux and we're going to talk about the entrepreneurial journey. So um, welcome James, thanks so much for joining us and yeah so it sounds amazing what you've done so far with Lux and it sounds um, yeah fantastic. So just tell me about yourself and your entrepreneurial journey so far with Lux. Yeah tell me more about yourself. Oh good morning Neil, thanks for having me on the show. Um, Yeah it's been a really interesting journey and I think as an entrepreneur it starts um, in your childhood almost. Um, yeah. I grew up around um, entrepreneurship. Um, my, my dad ran uh, six companies. Wow. So it was almost like being in a boardroom around, yeah. the, around the kitchen oh, table. That's a great learning experience. From a young age. And um, yeah, it's always been something that's fascinated me. Yeah. Um, especially the kind of strategic sides of, you know, how do you set up a company to, yeah. to really grow? Um, and the first proper step that I took was when I was at university. Yeah. I was at the University of Bath and they were they had a very good um, enterprise team there who ran yeah. quite a few entrepreneurship activities. Okay. And one of them was uh, the university's business plan competition. Yeah. And I'd always had lots of ideas, like many people kind of had a, a notepad and yeah. written them all down. But this was my gave me the first proper excuse to fully flush it out yeah. and write a full business plan yeah. and get it all down on paper, start asking for advice, start honing that business plan and um, you, know, you know when you really enjoy something when you're doing it as a hobby and I was working full time at Unilever and in the evening I was, wow. I was writing that business plan. So what was your first it. idea? Um, well, I, I just ideas all the way through, yeah. I remember even from a very young age, um, you know, under 10, I think I gave my younger brother a, a loan, yeah. for instance, yeah. so that he could buy a football shirt. Ah, amazing. Um, and, I, you know, I remember my parents being quite, you know, quite annoyed when they found yeah. out. But, um, you know, my dad actually being secretly quite proud about it. <laughs> yeah, Because yeah. it showed that just kind of natural entrepreneurship. Yeah. Thing. Um yeah, so uh, that was that, and then yeah, the first idea for the business plan composition was was Lux itself. Oh wow! So, okay, cool. Um, yeah, I I took my like many people, I took my own personal experience, which yeah. was in management consulting. Yeah, and I saw that we were being rewarded for a, a lot of our business spend. Yeah, um, in you know hotels, uh, so like hotel reward schemes, yeah. air, airline reward schemes, yeah. credit card reward schemes. But actually, the largest area of spend was. Um, was on restaurants and bars, yeah. kind of client entertainment, or yeah. or you know away on uh, away on business, and at, at the same time, I think you know this is something that I was very aware of was was keeping my eyes open to kind of problems yeah. because where there are problems, if you can find a solution, exactly, sometimes yeah. that can be very you know financially uh, you know it can be a, a yeah. great business idea, and so I saw especially from the restaurants point of view, yeah, that. Um, you know, there was a group of us consultants coming in, maybe yeah. taking clients on, uh, like entertaining some clients, and that actually, you know, they'd really like to attract yeah. us in, retain yeah. us, reward us in some way, because um, we're the really valuable customers for them. So that was that was the first business idea. Yeah, and I it's wrote it on the on the way back yeah. on the train from uh, from from a meeting. Amazing. Um, sat on it for a, 
for about a year and then this business plan competition gave me the first yeah um, kind of motivations to get it down on paper yeah oh you've done great work I, I what I, I see people um, that I meet about the, the fallacy of the idea about like people think like you have one amazing idea and then it's kind of you get funding and it's and it's you know instant millions but as your kind of journey shows it's a lot of hard work behind it and it's a lot of um, Yes, yeah, you've got a team behind you as well, and yeah, mm. and, and funding as well. Yeah, out of all the all the startups that I've kind of worked alongside in accelerator programs and over the last three or four years, no idea has stayed the same yeah. throughout. So yeah. I don't think there is such a thing as this this kind of magic idea. Yeah, you you may have identified a key problem that you want to solve. Yeah, but actually you'll go through many steps of kind of iterating on that yeah. product, getting closer to your consumers yeah. and finding out what their real needs are yeah. and, and honing that and you know many companies go through you know multiple pivots throughout their yeah. uh, their journey to finding product market fit so yeah. no I think the the idea is a very small part of it yeah, but, um, yeah. so what kind of what yeah, so that sounds so you got up to the competition the the bar and then mm. now it's and you so yes yeah, so I should say yeah so so Lux is a food startup uh, food tech startup um, kind of the air miles of the restaurant world so you've got three thousand five hundred users two hundred fifty restaurants around Bristol and Bar so that's that's nuts and you're looking you're funding at the moment um, you're looking for funding at the moment you've got Just Eat Angels um, yeah and it sounds sounds like you're creating a business that. Um, yeah, it's looking to grow. But what kind of challenge have you have you faced since you've started? So I think reaching that product market fit takes a lot longer. Um, I mean, some people, you know, it, it varies by startup, but in general, it, it does take a few years. Some yeah. companies, you know, s still to this day, don't actually have perfect product market fit. It's something yeah. that you're you're always hunting for. Yeah. And I think when you're an early stage business, you've got this real, uh, you know, dilemma where you're you're able to. You know, if it's a good idea and you've built a good team, you're yeah. able to raise some investment. Yeah. Um, but it, although it, you know, can sound like a lot of money on, say, if you're, when you're watching on Dragon's Den on the yeah. TV, in a business sense, even yeah. you know, eight, eighty thousand pounds was our first investment round. Wow. Um, three and a half years ago, and it, it sounds like a lot of money, but actually, in the in business terms, yeah, it's actually very low if you yeah. think of how many employees you could actually hire with that. Yeah. So what it means is that you get into a bit of a cycle where, you know, you you can't really push the business towards too much growth until yeah. it's ready because yeah. otherwise you'd you'd burn through too much yeah. um, cash and yeah. you'd end up going bankrupt. Sure. So it's this fine line between, you know, wanting to push some some business results yeah. and you know growing the team um, but also being very mindful that until you've got the the business model fully yeah. kind of validated and yeah. refined um, it would be it wouldn't be sensible to push a lot of money there yeah. and you see that a lot with yeah, other startups I've seen you know failure within the first year because yeah. there is a bit of money get quite excited yeah you know build their product in a in a darkened room without touching um, you know with touching in with their customers yeah um, and they push all this money into employees and marketing yeah. and suddenly it doesn't quite go to plan so one of the things I'm quite proud of with Lux is although you know the revenues haven't been exactly what I would have wanted or forecasted yeah. in the early days yeah we've survived three yeah. and a half years which in itself is you know a success yeah. for a startup but we've actually stuck to our you know we haven't rushed into that growth we've um you know been very strict on our kind of 
validations, iterations, testing the assumptions. Yeah. And now the business is finally at a point this year where actually yeah. you mentioned the 3,500 users we have. Yeah. I'm actually pushing for to have over a million users wow, by the end nuts. of 2020. That's crazy. Um, because we've now built this this model that really works and yeah. has that scalability. So it's, it's an exciting time for us. Ah, cool. So let's take a step back. So mm. entrepreneurship is what this episode is about. So, so why would anyone put themselves to this pain, stress, <laughs> worry of starting a new business? Like what, what is this? Yeah, yes. it's a good right. question and it's definitely not for everyone. Yeah. Um, I think in recent years there's been a bit of a, uh, you know, with the growth of Instagram, sometimes the, the yeah. role of an entrepreneur can be yeah. highly glamorized. Yeah. Now, uh, obviously there are, you know, great advantages, you know, the sense of autonomy, yeah. you know, you can really, you know, put your ideas to practice. It's yeah. the highs are higher and the lows yeah, are lower. Yeah, I've definitely found that myself. Um, I, I bet. And uh, so I think the, the first thing is it's not for everyone. You yeah. Know, you do have to have high resilience. Yeah. Um, a lot of kind of self-motivation. Yeah. It actually feels a lot more like, um, people ask me what, what it's like to be an entrepreneur and for me it's kind of like you're always two weeks away from your final exams at oh, university. Yeah, yeah. So you're at that point where, you know, every moment you're thinking of your business yeah. and you feel like you should be working on it. Yeah. Um, but it's all self-motivated. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's definitely a kind of challenge. But yeah. the, the positives are, are definitely there. It's very fulfilling at times. Yeah. Um, but balanced with the fact that in the early days, you know, you have to do every single yeah. task in the business. Yeah. It's, um, you know, you have to do everything from the accounts to the yeah. legals to yeah. the you know the admin and things like that as well so it's not all um, as it might seem on on Instagram and some other yeah. channels where it's uh, just working from a nice uh, coffee shop and, and <laughs> yeah. suddenly you've made millions on your on your Mac it's, yeah uh, <laughs> exactly. so for me it's three things so essentially mm. I say the, the rules have changed so I think today it's, it's almost easier than ever to start up your own business like you can have a laptop a smartphone and an idea and you can essentially start you know charging people for your your product mm. um, whereas think about like 150 years ago you'd have to have a whole factory you know to to build, churn out one product um, or you'd have to have a load of capital to start it up so it's never been easier and mm. I think the way the world's moving I think it's people companies are disrupting other companies more and more it's about kind of this I, I call it creative destruction where I know we're all kind of essentially getting better products just by testing and kind of evolving the market so the managerial way of working, I think, is, is almost become outdated and it's this kind of entrepreneurial revolution is becoming more and more and the kind of skills you learn from being an entrepreneur is, is going to put you in good stead in the future. Mm, That's definitely. the first thing. So freedom, you mentioned that kind of autonomy as well. Like you, you can you freedom to do the work you love and it's kind of, you can choose to you know, spend your time whenever you want. So I, I have a son, I can choose to pick him up at any time or stand, you know, rather than if you're in a nine to five job, you might not necessarily have that kind of opportunity. And so be able to do good as well. So, the, the company, so I have a company called Money Tips. We essentially help people make better decisions with their money. We aim for good quality education. So essentially helping people um, it's, it's a good way of doing having your own business whereas previous companies corporate jump you might not actually have that opportunity so that's just the three things I see mm. so, if you, so for you tell us yeah, tell us more kind of a, any advice you'd give to anyone starting a business today so I think validating your idea is really important yeah. so um, we talked about that at the start in terms yeah. of the idea often changes it's more actually about the problem that you're solving yeah um, 
And so I think going into it in quite, with quite a logical process, that's what I've seen yeah. change in entrepreneurship as a field, yeah. even within academia, yeah. in the last, I'd say, around 10 years. So in the last decade, things have really moved on. And it's yeah. gone from this old way of thinking that was, you know, some genius has an amazing idea, yeah. um, raises, you know, spends loads of money building it, yeah. and then ships out to the market. And yeah. What and which is still what happens in quite a few large corporates these yeah. days. And what, what we've realised is that that's a really poor way of doing it because yeah. you're relying on one person's intuition. Yeah. And, um, actually, the results tend to be much poorer. Yeah. Now, if you, you know, read a lot of the latest kind of startup literature, you can start testing those ideas without a fully fledged product. Yeah, the minimal um, viable product before you even. Yeah, so I, I met someone the other day who was, you know, talking about an, an idea that they had, and they were saying, "Oh well, it, it would be really good, but I want to make it like an amazing website, you know." Yeah. And he wanted to spend hundreds and hundreds of thousands of pounds developing this website. Yeah. And for me, it was there's plenty of examples out there of how you can validate yeah. your idea before committing that much of your life, sure. years of your life, yeah. and hundreds of thousands of pounds towards an idea. Yeah. Um, there's great example I think it was um, MoveGB uh, at the beginning used a paper system so before they even had a website yeah they just had a spreadsheet of the yeah. members names they kind of ticked off and posted off at the end of the week yeah there's lots of examples of businesses who've managed to kind of test and measure their idea and and check that it's yeah um, works before actually doing it so yeah but like you said it's it's a lot cheaper to start businesses these days so you yeah. you know if you form a good good team you can you can create a prototype at yeah. the start you can um you know for instance validate ideas through doing a podcast yeah is this something of interest and sure you can see by how many listeners you have yeah um you know where people's problems are or yeah just by having a landing page on a website with a brief explainer yeah and getting people su to subscribe yeah um again that also kind of shows do you, you know do you have something that people uh, that solves an actual pain point for exactly people? so that's a great point there so does it actually solve a pain point so the next question was going to be yeah, what actually is an entrepreneur? So I think you've answered it really well. I also think yeah, solving meaningful problems. So it's it's not necessarily about um, well the best the best example is from a, a French economist from 1800 called Say, and he's he basically said it's moving resources from an area of low production to an area of high production. So it's basically rather than having um, money sat in a bank, you can actually put that money to good use and actually create something that people are actually gonna use and it's actually solving a problem I think that's that for me that's the main kind of what an entrepreneur does but anything you want to add to that what actually is an entrepreneur yeah so I for me it's about the kind of mentality that you have and you know being able to adapt to yeah. different problems each day yeah. so if I, I've, I've worked in corporates before and you tend to be a, a small cog in a massive machine. Yeah. There's lots of predefined processes. Somebody's yeah. been probably been doing your role for decades exactly, before. Yeah. And the amount of kind of new challenges that you come up with, yeah. uh, up against on a daily basis, tends to be quite low yeah. you know, in terms of significant things that you might change. Whereas, yeah, uh, yeah especially in the first few years of starting a business, yeah. um, especially if it's kind of a scalable tech business, yeah. Um, then actually, you know, you're coming across, you know, 20 to 30 problems a day. Yeah. And it's, you know, really have to have that, you know, enjoy that kind of strategy and yeah. have that kind of resilience, sure. I think is a, re you know, is almost essential for a yeah. startup founder to, um, you know, 
there are going to be plenty of plenty of knockbacks. Yeah. And like I said, the highs are high, but the lows yeah. are low. So you might have spent months and tens of thousands of pounds on a new strategy. Yeah. And actually, you have to be honest with yourself and say, actually, that one didn't work. Yeah. We need to scrap that and start again. So there are some some tough realities along yeah. the journey and and tough points. And I think you know that's what I'd say. You know, is, is you know, entrepreneurship. Yeah. Um, uh, as an entrepreneur, creativity and resilience are probably the two main yeah. um, factors there. So tell us about Luxen. So it's a food tech startup that MRs the restaurant industry. Mm. You were top ten entrepreneurs. You one of the top ten entrepreneurs to watch in 2017. I got that little tidbit from uh, uh, LinkedIn. But no, so, yes, so go, yes. tell us more about Luxen. Oh, that was a great event. We were, it was part of Set Squared, and we were at the uh, uh, the Houses of Parliament. Yeah. So, wow. Um, yeah, it was an honour to be. Uh, to be kind of recognised in in that fact, and it, it was ones to watch. So it yeah. was the it was keep, keep an eye on us because you know they recognised that we were we had something and we were on our way. Yeah. And I think for a number of years, as I was saying, we uh, mentioned quite a lot about product market fit, and we, we've been I'd say ninety percent of the way there for quite a while now. Yeah. And like I said, just making those final tweaks and iterations and. Once those final couple of pieces have fitted into the puzzle, yeah. now we're really looking to scale up. So, as you mentioned, Lux is a reward scheme for restaurants and bars. We yeah. help restaurants to attract higher spending customers. Yeah, um, we reward those customers for up to ten percent of their spend back towards luxury rewards, experiences, and charity donations. Yeah, um, and it's really well validated now. So restaurants love us because we have we target um, higher spending demographics of users. Yeah. We encourage them to spend more because the more they spend, the more points they get. Um, we encourage repeat dining because uh, they need to dine a few times yeah. at least to be able to earn one of these rewards. Yeah. Um, customers pay, pay full price and it's a premium brand yeah. and we allow them to flex their demand. So from a restaurant point of view, we've now reached the point where we get the wow moments. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, I'm in those meetings telling them about it and I'm just getting nodding heads, I'm getting wow, okay, yeah. And it's at those moments you realise you've really kind of like almost cracked it. Yeah. And it, there's always improvements that can be made but we're, we're now at a point where, you know, we're very well aligned with what restaurants actually want, which is great. Okay. From the user point of view as well, we've, we've had great engagement, 4.8 out of 5 stars on the App Store, customers really love what we're doing. Yeah. And giving up to 10% of someone's spend back in restaurants or bars that don't normally offer any kind of promotions is, okay. is very, very attractive to them. And then finally, the kind of revenue model that we've built, yeah. um, being able to capture over 10% um, of the bill total on average in commission is is really exciting and it means that the kind of lifetime value of the user can be can really be pushed up above a hundred pounds a year which is really exciting from us in terms of the potential of of how much we can earn in the future but we had we had two main problems that remained with Lux until uh, about Q3 2019 so about four or five months ago now the first was what I'd call the convenience factor yeah so um, the, with the restaurants, we were solving a real pain. Yeah. They really, really needed more customers in and they really, really needed higher spending customers. Yeah. So we were really solving a pain for them and therefore that's why we charge that side of the market. They're the ones who pay for the service. But on the other side, the, the consumers, the users, um, it was very much a, like a vitamin, not a painkiller. It was okay. a nice to have. Um, very nice to have, up to 10%, very nice yeah. to have. But in order... That's not really enough often to change users' behaviour. Yeah. And if you're ever trying to change users' behaviour in any way, you know, it, the government finds this, you know, all businesses find this, you need to make things as easy as possible. And convenience is probably sure. the standout feature of um, 
the last say 20 years is a lot of businesses are very convenience led yeah. you see a lot of delivery um, startups on subscription yeah. things like yeah, that so yeah. convenience is very important and previously with Lux we'd had uh, a code system that you'd have to give over to a waiter or waitress, uh, a waitress at the end of your meal similar to how taste card used to work then we moved to receipt scanning where you had to take a photo of receipt but still these things were very manual they required the user to have Lux at the front of their mind yeah. remember to do things and it meant we were capturing probably less than 10 percent of their yeah. actual transactions um but the really exciting thing is that we introduced card linking in the um uh, in december okay that's where users register their debit or credit card onto yeah. the app and then automatically okay. earn points okay as they dine and that's been a real game changer for us as okay. well as now being able allowing us to form partnerships with um, credit card companies yeah to allow us to scale to millions of users without okay. actually having to advertise how can so your so your users are actual people going buying food at yes. restaurant yes. and also restaurateurs so restaurants yeah. also so if you're a restaurant owner or you're a customer how would you find your product how would you find lux um so from the restaurateur point of view yeah we we do quite a lot of outbound at okay. the moment so we have a, a field sales team yeah. um outbound emails and, and linkedin is yeah. quite a good tool for us we want to move that forwards in the future towards kind of industry pr and b2b marketing to create yeah. a bit more of an inbound funnel and maybe even just, a self yeah. sign up just for efficiency purposes um, but that's kind of how we we get in touch. And if with the, the listener at home is listening at the moment, and is there an app you can go on, or is there? Yes, yes. So, and then from the user point of view, so if you're listening at home, um, if you go onto the app store and search for Lux Rewards, L U X Space Rewards, um, then you'll be able to find us on the app store. Um, register your debit or credit card, and then automatically be earning up to ten percent back on your restaurant spend. So, t uh, any top tips or any any you talked about entrepreneurial literature? Anything? Any books you'd recommend reading? I've kind of thrown a curveball in because I, I didn't pre-warn you. About <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> That's all right. Um, so, I, I think unit economics is what unit economics. I haven't even heard of that one. Uh, sorry, it's, that's not a book. That's uh, a, okay. a, a topic. Ah, uh, okay. Um, that VCs really look at these days. If again, if you're going for the kind of scalable tech startup group, yeah. you know, at some stage you'll probably be looking for for venture capital. Yeah. Um, what this is is it compares the lifetime value of your user so the revenue until yeah. they the average person kind of churns yeah um, with the acquisition cost of acquiring that user yeah and the ratio between them and this is where even at the very early stages of the business before you start up you want to be thinking how can I get as much lifetime value so as much revenue and as long as retention yeah. as possible with that user and how can I you know acquire users in a very cost-efficient way so very quick example is at the start with Lux we did Facebook ads yeah and when you really work out the cost to acquire an active user of that it was well over 10 pounds yeah when you actually break it down um, which is very expensive so if we want a million users it's going to cost us over 10 million pounds yeah. uh, whereas now going via these credit card partnerships okay if anything it won't cost us anything or if it does it'll be in the pennies so going you know we've created a model where we go b to b to c okay. to drive down that acquisition cost of a user because these credit card companies advertise it on our behalf okay um, so yeah i think that's something that i definitely recommend thinking of at the very early stage 
VCs like you to have at least a three to one ratio. So that's venture capitalist for anyone at home. It's like um, yeah, how you essentially getting funding. We could maybe talk about funding in the next episode. But yeah, of course. Yeah, thank yeah. you th- uh, so much, James. So we've covered quite a lot in that topic. Uh, so we've talked about pain points, how to start up a business, and why, what essentially why um, you should put yourself through pain, stress, worry of starting a new business. What the entrepreneur journey actually is. We talked about what actually is an entrepreneur. So essentially solving meaningful problems. Um, yeah, taking away people's pain uh, and we've talked about Lux as well so yeah thank you so much for joining us please subscribe please like please tell one person about this podcast um, yeah and uh, thank you so much James uh, for joining us we're going to have another podcast on with James here so yeah thanks again this is Millennial Money Mindset if you want the fruits you need the roots um, yeah so thanks again